Hello and welcome to the Eurovision Rewind podcast. This is part two of our two-part rewind on the Eurovision Song Contest of 1979. If you want to listen to the first half of the contest, uh, you can go check out our part one rewind from last week where we cover the first half of the contest up through Germany's entry. Uh, on this episode, we will tackle the other half as well as the results. So if that's what you're looking for, great, stick around, enjoy the show. But I think that is all we have to say about Germany, which means that we're moving on to, in many ways could be described the exact opposite of Germany's song. It is um, Israel's Galeotari and Milk and Honey with the song Hallelujah. I just, before we even talk about the music, I just want to point out how funny it is that A, so so the country of Israel has submitted a band called Milk and Honey, who have submitted a song called Hallelujah. I was noticing that as well. It was, uh-huh. it was cracking me up. Feels poignant. <laughs> I like um, this one though. This is definitely one of my favorites of the night, personally. Really? Yeah, I thought it did a really good job of being very simplistic, but kind of playing, like, using that as a strength, because I think it's very simplistic, very memorable, and very anthemic. And like you say, Alice, it does, it's it's a slower song and it's a ballad, definitely, but it does a good job of building on itself and having levels. It does start off a little bit slow, but by the end, I think it is super, like I said, anthemic, and... I think it's really infectious too. Like I feel like every time after I listen to it, I'm always sort of humming it and the melodies in my head. And I think that this makes a really strong impact upon first viewing, which I think is a feat because songs that are slow songs like this that are this simplistic oftentimes have a hard time making an impact. I think that this one does a really good job. I just, I don't understand this song. I don't understand any of any of the choices for one it's like it's borderline it's borderline barbershop like it's not it's not quite it's not full barbershop for one i wouldn't say that (laughs) it's it like it's four singers doing vocal harmonies and switching off and it's so that's well that's puzzling thing number one Puzzling thing number two is the outfits of all the male singers. <laughs> I thought it was amazing. They are I loved in it. pleated white pants, like pleated waist white pants, white shirts with 70s poofy arms, and mismatched sequined suspenders. No, uh, only some of them were mismatched, from what I remember. The yeah. guy on the furthest right had a red and purple. Or like purplish blue. I think it was gold and purple. It's golden purple. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then but, there were other ones that were solid gold or solid, solid purple, which was so fun. I think so. They're doing yeah. that for some reason. The three male singers have bow ties on. The the what? song Why itself. Is that a 
no, it's just it's that's not a problem. It's just a problem with the rest of their outfits. I don't understand the outfits. I think the outfits make them look like a, a high school AV club. I don't think there's a problem with that either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, eh, uh, but like, I, I, I don't like, I don't like the outfits. I don't like the song either. I think the, I, th- this one, this whole thing is just annoying to me. Like, I don't really, I don't get this. I don't, this makes no sense to me. I don't understand because it it feels so like sing along corny. Like it feels like, yeah, God, it, 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 I don't know. It's not. It feels like all right, everyone, all together now, hallelujah. It's a oh man, I just don't see any appeal in this. I thought, hmm. I, I don't entirely agree with Ellis, but I also don't agree with you, Jonathan, in that it's the best song. Um, I didn't say that. You said it was one of your personal favorites. It was one of, yeah, I, yes. Okay. I did say that. <laughs> um, I like the two-color suspenders. I thought that was fun. I thought that was quirky. It added a little bit of character to an otherwise, uh, not bland, but like kind of not particularly memorable performance just as far as the performance goes by itself because people were standing around there wasn't much happening visually on stage um it felt like a little bit of like soft beach pop kind of a tune um i could see this with the uh the faux hawaiian slide guitars working okay yeah yeah. that would ruin it (laughs) that would make it so bad oh my god and then there's a point at the song where I'm listening to it and I'm thinking if these were, if these lyrics were different, I could easily imagine this being a Christmas song. Yes. hundred percent. One hundred percent. If there was like a sleigh bell, like. Yeah. 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 A little, you know, not quite beach boys level beach pop Christmas tunes, but nonetheless, something that's fun, easily appealing, seasonal, Mm-hmm. Not not for this season though, not not for the Eurovision no. season, but for the Christmas season. I, which yeah. I think if you tell a Jewish person that uh Israel's entry to <laughs> the Eurovision Song Contest Ooh. entitled Hallelujah sounds like a Christmas song, they might get upset. I mean um, <laughs> Irving Berlin is the greatest Christmas artist of all time and was Jewish, so oh, <laughs> fun fact Fjord. Aside from that, though, like there were things that I picked up every now and again, but it felt so uh, other than that, other than those notes, it felt very like side of the road kind of thing. Not not bad, but just it. (laughs) What does it mean? It means that it it felt much shorter than three minutes. It felt like I passed it by very quickly. You know, I don't know if that quite makes sense, but it did not. It didn't last long in my mind or when listening to it. It didn't feel like the full three minutes. It felt like... Isn't that a good thing, though? Because it didn't drag? No, it's not that it didn't, you know... I feel like a three-minute song feeling like it's five minutes is different than a three-minute song feeling like it's 45 seconds. It's like I forgot that most of it was there. It was perhaps a jingle for a TV show, you know, rather than 
a song, an entry into the Eurovision Song Contest. Uh, weird. I, I was not expecting you guys to dislike this one. I didn't. I didn't dislike it like Ellis did, but it didn't feel important. I guess in the in the scheme of things, you know. I guess what it also kind of reminds me of is it feels a little bit Israeli Partridge Family. What does that mean? <laughs> I think that this has more integrity than the Partridge Family does. But like you. I don't know. It sounds like it this sounds like that, more genuine to me. But it's it's giving me that same sort of like soft seventies cheese. But there's something so like weird... corporate and manufactured, and has like a certain sheen of capitalism. Does that the Partridge family does that. I feel like this doesn't have. I don't get that vibe. I think that I, I feel like this is. Like I said, it's super simplistic, and I feel like if they were trying to market this as a super like successful chart-topping single, I think that they would have like, less like the song, like a sounds like a folk song that you would sing at a wedding, sort of thing. It does sound like a folk song you would sing at a wedding. Yeah, and I think I, that part of the simplicity is really endearing because I think if we're bringing up the commercial aspect of Eurovision again, I think that this doesn't have a super commercial feel, just because, like Millen was kind of saying, it doesn't really sound like a real song it sort of <laughs> just sounds like a call and response sort of thing yeah. and i think that i think there's something to, be, th- something to be said about songs like this that don't really sound like normal pop songs but kind of more sound like or personal and like cultural and less pop culture like manufactured uh, yeah. i mean i do understand I, I do get that it's just like they don't have a lot of chemistry and it does seem like they they're just brought together by some producers. I don't feel any like I don't see how this feels genuine. Like I'm, I get nothing. I there's this feels beige. I don't think it feels beige. I feel I, it's perhaps an a cream. <laughs> I don't think it's like yeah. you know cream as in it's not something that necessarily catches your attention in a particular way. Not but, cream as in Eric Clapton. <laughs> no, no, no. Not cream as in Eric Clapton. Oh, cream as in an, like a soft off-white. Yeah. Um, but it's no, it's no beige in that it's actively boring, I guess. No, because it, this has this builds on itself too much and has too many levels and starts one place and goes to another too much for it to be considered beige, in my opinion. It has levels, but none of them are interesting. Like uh, I don't know. I think we're just. I think we're just at a difference of like yeah. opinion and personal taste. Also, like the um, the particularly the first the first guy to sing, he, he's makes, not a singer. But it it also makes me think of like this is what Weird Al could have ended up being if he didn't have humor or self awareness. <laughs> Man. That's crazy. I didn't notice that at all. <laughs> Neither did I. <laughs> it's it's the, the I think it's the curly hair and air of nerdiness. Huh? It's just I I I truly don't understand this song. Interesting. The juries will understand it. I mean, you you seem you seem to like it. So I like I would have thought that this would be universally like, well, okay. But it's evidently not, and so now I don't know what to think. I think 
I feel like the juries will probably be more inclined to agree with you, Jonathan. Um, again, because like I said, I don't think it was actively bad in any way. I don't think it's going to lose points. I would be surprised if it won a lot of points, though. I don't think it has enough going for it, especially compared to some other songs, to you know, really knock it out of the park in the jury's eyes. All right. So with that, we are moving on to France, which means we're finally halfway through. Holy <laughs> cow. And this is uh, Anne-Marie David with the song Je suis l'enfant soleil. What does that mean? I am I'm the sun child. child. The sun. Wow, like thank the you. baby right. from Teletubbies. I thought this song was going to be a very standard ballad in that it's like, okay, it's the French entry, play a little bit with romanticism, play a little bit with, you know, soft emotion and love and perhaps darkness and loss and whatever, which is not a bad thing, but it's also a very French thing, which I guess also kind of tends to get them points. However, I was very pleasantly surprised to to recognize that this song managed scope really well uh, finland was a ballad that had or uh, ballad yeah was a, a song that had really really good control of timing and of using timing to control drama and scope france was um they weren't necessarily graceful her, her vocals sorry but they were very powerful and that with the these kind of sweeping glowing uh orchestration made the entire song feel much bigger than the space that they were in, which yeah. I think is a good, good credit to a song. Um, yeah. mm. Especially when you're trying for big emotions like a French ballad is wont to do. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree. I'm glad we're back in agreement. I think that this one definitely relies on like raw vocal talent and emotion. And I think that that is good. Um, I think the song itself uh, lacks a satisfying chorus that a lot of these other songs do have. But at the same time, it makes it seem kind of like less of a cookie-cutter Eurovision type of song. And I think that that definitely adds to it, not to say that having more traditional pop elements to your song is bad. But um, but yeah, I, it's hard to quantify why this one is so good. I think it's it's definitely up there for me. It's probably in my top five. It's just, it has like, soaring melodies it's very emotional singer is very talented yeah um and i don't know what else there's really is to say about this other than this one this is quite a good effort yeah this one feels very cinematic to me yes like yeah for sure in my grand theory of the winner takes it all and bond songs this is very much a bond song (laughs) and it works really well like it's it's got that sort of drama it really does like it feels like it would be an excellent 
either opening or closing credit song for a for a movie it like i thought this was i thought this was very good is what i thought this was i'm glad you think that the juries will also oh sorry did we have more say uh no i just thought that the conductor looked like hyde from that 70s show he looked interesting (laughs) in terms of scores how do you think france will fare I think that ballads tend to do better than they perhaps deserve at times. I think France gets a vote, and I think it's a really good ballad. So this is easily in the top three. I think this is going to do really well, because it's a, it's a really good song. It's a well-sung song. It's France. It's it got all everything working in its favor, and it's good. So I think it'll do well. All right. Moving on now to... Their neighbors to the north, Belgium. Song number 12, Hey Nana by Misha Mara. Yeah, I I think this song is very fun. Fun's a good word for it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think she looks great. I like her dress a lot. It's, I don't know, it's very sparkly. Parts of it are very sheer. It's blue. It's fun. In terms of the song itself, I think it is very Eurovision. Like, I don't know if I see this really existing outside of Eurovision, just because it's very archetypical in that way. Um, not to say it's a bad song, uh, yeah, and I don't. I feel like this might come off as a little bit harsh, but I think that the performer might be a little bit above the song in certain ways. I like the song, but yeah. it, it's very simplistic, and I can tell that she's a very seasoned, confident performer that has a lot of vocal talent, which actually brings us to Controversy Corner. Controversy Corner. Yeah, so um, Misha Mar was a pretty big star in Flanders going into Eurovision so she participated in a pre-selection show to choose the song that would represent Belgium so she sang like five or six different songs over the course of a bunch of different shows and in all the semifinals, all four of them the far and away favorite by both Misha and the public was the song called Como Ça Va but during the finals it was decided that the decision would come down to a 20-person expert jury, which ended up choosing this Aww. song, Hey Nana, instead of the, the, the fan favorite. And the public was upset that their decision was overturned by the opinions of just 20 people. And um, apparently the song was Mara's least favorite out of the six songs in the selection, and she never recorded it, making this one of the few Eurovision songs to never be professionally recorded in a studio. Huh. And she oh, had not performed it live after Eurovision until 2017 on a Belgian late night talk show. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, I wonder. I if- haven't listened to the other song, but I thought that this one was perfectly fine and nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, I think it's a perfectly fine song. It's pretty decent. It's pre- like it's 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 good. It's it's fun. I like it. But 
I think it suffers wildly from running order because the last yeah. three songs we've had, the, like the last four songs even, are Switzerland's Hillbilly Fever Dream, Genghis Khan, Israel, which has proven to be very divisive, <laughs> and France, which was just like a great solid ballad. And so this just like, it's a, it's a perfectly fine song, but it is so... Well, this is this is nice. Pales like, in comparison, yeah. It pales in comparison, and it really hurts it. I think also, this song has an excellent strength as a song that you don't pay attention to. Like, it's not <laughs> background music in the sense that Spotify core. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it's it. I was writing a letter when I was listening to this song, actually, and. I had it, like, I, I set it up so that I could see the first little bit of the performance, and then I turned the speakers on my laptop all the way up so I could hear it from across the room. And in that moment, I thought, this is a perfect song to listen to and not pay much attention to. It's not easy listening in that, like, it's, you know, kind of soft and smooth and flowy, but it's very nice to have on in the background of, like, a little party, you know? Not yeah. something that is going to blow everyone away, but it's also something that you can bop your head to and just have a good time and talk over if necessary. Yeah. And that's a, that fills a very specific niche in music that I don't think is often filled. And this song fits it perfectly, which also means that it sucks for Eurovision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have to agree that this this song is kind of forgettable, even though it makes choices that should mean that it isn't forgettable yeah but yeah it it ultimately is and it's unfortunate because this is a good song that i think makes choices and has levels and is enjoyable to listen to but like Millen said it's very easy to listen to passively even though it's not easy listening by any means it's kind of a confusing song and it, it should come off better than it actually does which is unfortunate yeah yeah, so do you think this one will do well, poorly, middle? I think it's going to get it's I think it's going to end up being pushed just below middle. I kind of want it to be where Ellis is suggesting, but I think it'll be lower than that. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see, and we're getting closer to big dramatic reveal. Before we get to that, we are going to song number 13, which is J'ai déjà vu ça dans tes yeux by Jean Manson for Luxembourg. The ciel d'azur ou d'orage Nous mettons la main silencieux Tous les deux nus sur une plage J'ai déjà vu ça and before we get into it, we're going to Fun Fact Yard. We are back. Ooh. Yes, that is happening. Wow. Welcome to the Fun Fact Fjord. This is just yes. a rife, a uh, full episode. This is a full episode. Lots of research. Um, but uh, Gene Manson is not actually from Luxembourg or Europe. He's from uh, Cleveland in America. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, she relocated to Paris in 1974, and um, among other things, she is a singer and an actress, and she was chosen as Playboy's Playmate of the Month for August 1974. Wow, very cool. Very cool. Wow. Multi-talented, okay. wow. That is quite the resume. Cleveland? Yeah, and... <laughs> um, I went into this with really low expectations, because I did some, like, base-level research before I watched the contest. And I saw, oh, this is... She's not actually French, she's from America. So it's kind of expecting to be sort of a repeat of how I felt about Luxembourg in 1975. Had, like, a native English speaker. And so I basically just went into this expecting a worse version of France's song they sent this year, but I was pleasantly surprised because I feel like it stands really well on its own. It's this blues ballad, kind of, that I think is, like, very evocative of sort of, a, like, American and British like rock ballads that were yeah. popular during this time or maybe a few years earlier reminds me a lot of um the song pearls the singer by elky brooks and um and yeah i thought this was perfectly nice and um she sells the song very well and i couldn't really tell that she was a native english speaker at all which is a plus for me yeah like I, she's got a good voice yeah. She sang it well. I I liked this one, and I think it contrasted well with the rest of the show. Because, like you said, with the the sort of like ballady bluesy influences, I think it's it was like a little bit different, and it was nice. Yeah, I thought that this one, this is the one that I mentioned earlier that rivaled Finland's dress as far as... It's a good one. Yeah, like not timeless, but somewhat contemporary. Yeah, the the first thing I wrote down was "Holy Bustier, Batman." <laughs> yeah, that's that's a very accurate description. There were there were some shining moments in this song, especially with her vocals. I feel like the the backing instrumentation was solid throughout. Nothing too worth commenting on, but every now and then she had these these lines or notes that really soared quite well. But if you compare it to France or Finland's entries, it's just worse. It doesn't it doesn't do timing as well. It doesn't do pacing as well. It doesn't have that massive scope that France's did. So I think this is a it's a pretty good song. I just don't think it will succeed given the uh, given the field. Yeah, I completely agree that this song stands really well on its own. But when you compare it to the other songs, it just doesn't really stack up. Yeah. Do you think it'll do that poorly, Ellis, or better or worse? I, I don't think this was that bad. I thought it stuck out nicely. I think it'll do okay. Just, but, like, just okay. Okay. Or do you I'm think okay it'll be that. top half or bottom half? Um, I think it'll be within five spots of the middle. I don't know what is that. Oh, okay. I, I, I think it'll be around the middle. Okay, I see that. So, like, 15th to 5th? Uh, mm, okay, tighten that a little bit. <laughs> maybe maybe within, I guess, within two and a, two and a half spots either way. <laughs> cool, gotcha. All right, so, and into song number 14, almost to the end, and it is Sandra from Colorado. No, Sandra from the Netherlands, the song Colorado. <laughs> Colorado, 
So you're telling me that we go from Luxembourg, who had a native English speaker American from, oh my God, what was it? Cleveland. Cleveland. Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio. And then we go to the song Colorado, sung in Dutch by someone who... Someone who's originally from uh, Indonesia, actually. Yeah. Oh, whoa. Okay. I was going to say, she did not look particularly uh, Danish. Is that Netherlands? Oh, Man, Danish is Denmark. Dang, I always suck at endonyms. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, Dutch. <laughs> oh, can I say something that might surprise you? Go yeah. For it. Here at the Fun Fact Fjord, the songwriters for the song Colorado are the Boland Brothers, who also wrote and produced Rock Me Amadeus by Falco and oh. In the Army Now by Status Quo. Oh, man. Yeah. That's great. I love that's that. that's a good track record. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would just like to comment to address Ellis's point of two shows ago, last show maybe. When we talk about clothing, there oh, are three I categories. Was do this too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are the songs that are so bad they have to. You have to talk about their clothing. The outfits that are so good, you have to talk about the clothing, and the songs that are so boring that you have to talk about the clothing. And I feel like, oh, sorry, the first one should be the outfits that are so bad. But I feel like this is a, a weird mix between the second and third categories. Because the song wasn't bad. It wasn't boring by any means. But the outfit was so cool. It was she so cool. styling. Yeah. I love this jacket. Yeah. I would absolutely wear that. It's oh this like God, mesh yes. top that has these neon shape cutouts attached to it. Like um, pink and, and green like a, triangles. Yeah. Very 80s. Yeah. The, I wrote, like, this feels like a rare instance of Eurovision being legitimately ahead of its time. Right, yeah. There was that other outfit, I believe, that we mentioned earlier. Or maybe it was a song that also felt like it was a year or two ahead of its time. But th- this outfit is... Did you notice how the... Absolutely on point in that regard. Like, she, you could take her pick her up and drop her five years in the future and she would look not out of place in the slightest probably even fashion forward like in yeah five years in the future yeah um, maybe give her more of a absurd 80s hairstyle and then like bam, yeah. perfect you're done um oh, did you notice also- how the um the like the band also had um like the neon triangles like not as many but like on their like shirts or whatever yeah, I was about to comment on that. It was yes. like, that this feels like a, a Project Runway collection that is cohesive all throughout. You know? <laughs> I love the outfits. I would I would buy any one of those, you know, jackets from any of the members and wear it proudly. As far as the song goes, her voice was shockingly low. I was really not expecting that from the get-go, but after that initial surprise, it added like a a, rich, a richness, like a depth and an earthiness to the song that I thought was spectacular. It was a little bit, it felt a little bit like classic rock, like more up-tempo Kansas, maybe. Um, <laughs> Colorado. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I thought was a, an interesting choice and one that served her voice quite well. Um, I didn't know what the song was saying, but that felt a little bit weird to me. Um, there, 
it was you know despite being an up-tempo song it wasn't as like pure dance as some of the other tunes you you know this is completely left in the dust by Greece and uh, yeah, Greece is the main one but <laughs> there's some other there's some other uh, fun fresh and funky songs in here but I mean even aside from that it's got it's got some significant pep to it which I quite enjoyed uh, and then this is the song as well that. Um, I believe, Ellis, you were talking about the audience reaction to Genghis Khan. This one sounded like it had the strongest audience reaction from what I noticed, at least. Yeah, I don't know if I caught that. But... I don't know if I did either, but I don't doubt it. I like this. I didn't love it. I think that um, it knew what it was and it did everything that it set out to do. But at the end of the day, I think it is a little bit... It's, it's, it's I think, it's a very like, standard... I guess 80s pop song, but it is notable. I can't. I'm losing the ability to talk. Yeah. It it definitely is worth noting, like I said, that this song seems very ahead of its time. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. The singer's uh, stage presence. She lacks a little bit of conviction. She seems slightly shy and reserved, but I don't think that really is a detriment. I think it sort of endears you the the song and her as a performer. Yeah, and that could easily be off-putting. So that's a plus. I liked the guitar choreography. In 1975, we talked about the UK and how Ellis <laughs> hated the like guitar, like dancing, moving back and forth. Oh, I thought it was fun and fine, but I do realize <laughs> that it seems more natural and looks better. I don't. I don't know if I have that much about this. I thought it was good, yeah. but the 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 Colorado refrain got on my nerves a little bit, but like not yeah. that bad. I, I, it, was, it was good. It was fun. Um, I remember what I was going to say. There was this one part. I don't know if it was choreography or improvised by the drummer guy, but um, yeah. the lead singer got close to him and he like didn't quite blow her a kiss, but like puckered his lips. And felt weird. Felt yeah. Um, huh. Other than that, I I thought this song was pretty neat. Uh, Could have been a good. Yeah, <laughs> it could have been assisted by better lyrics, I think, and made it mm. pretty good as opposed to just pretty neat. Um, but as it stands, it's not, certainly not a bad song. I also think this might be one of the few songs that I think would be benefited by being in English as opposed to the native language. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it, I I think that's a matter of the the lyrics being what they were. And also, I think change like, the lyrics. Though. Yeah, and also I think the genre and the sound of the song seems very British or American, too. Yeah, yeah. certain ways. Seems like you guys think this one will probably be pretty middling in terms of results. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I can imagine right. it, like, right after the middle spot. Right below, rather. Below as in like sort of 11 one or, or 12 kind of thing. Cool, 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 cool. cool. All right, does that mean we're ready to move on to song number 15? Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is Sweden with the song Sadlit by Ted Gurdestad.
And before we get there, we're going to get into Controversy Corner and Fun Fact Fjord. Hey, oh. <laughs> wow. Controversy Corner. Yeah. So, um, Fun Fact Fjord, Ignetta and Annie Fried from ABBA did backing vocals for all of this guy's albums in the 70s. That's pretty big. Actually, that might not be true. <laughs> Definitely for the early 70s ones, I seems like a weird move for like post 1975 ABBA but yeah that's I have some thoughts um controversy corner though into this yeah there were some calls for disqualification really the song's similarity to hold the line by Toto oh (laughs) and to add to this Ted actually collaborated with Toto in California while recording one of his albums wrote and workshopped that song so hmm. that's really funny yeah the song is weird I think it starts really strong and I like the beginning ends up letting you down he kind of looks terrifying I don't like it I like his sweater but in kind of an, an ironic way um, and yeah I said what I need to say it starts off really strong ultimately lets me down yeah what do you guys think the instrumental palette for the intro is really cool, mm. but it doesn't keep up that level of quality for almost any of the rest of the song. Pretty much as soon as it cuts to Ted himself, he <laughs> yeah. he gives me the vibes of a songwriter who was pushed into singing because he couldn't find someone to sing his song. Looks like a Muppet. He does look like a well, Muppet. I look like a Muppet. <laughs> like, he, he's, he, he's not a, clearly not a natural performer. And I don't, I don't know if he really works with him in this context, which feels mean yeah. to say, but like, he, I don't I, know. I agree. Did I put the mic stand? Huh? Did you don't notice that? The no, mic stand just kept like bobbing bouncing. up and down. Yeah. Oh wow! I totally missed that. It was really distracting, and I felt bad because that must have been annoying. Sing with. I mean, it it didn't affect the sound any that I could hear, at least, which is fine. Yeah, I don't think it. So. Yeah. Yeah, Jonathan, to the controversy corner. I don't think this contest would have lost anything if it were disqualified. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this to me was another song, like uh, Switzerland's that had some pretty neat stuff going for it with the instrumentals, but then was ruined by the vocals. Um, Mm. It was almost bluesy at first, which is pretty cool. Uh, And then this guy comes in with this like juvenile sing songy um, Mm. random dad singing to his children tone. (laughs) (laughs) And satellite, satellite, satellite. It was annoying. I I liked the satellite bit. Like, I thought the chorus was the best part of the song, aside from the intro. Mm. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. Honestly, like, I'm okay with kind of breezing through the next three songs. I don't, I don't have much to say about them. Similarly, uh, this song was not, not good. I hated his hair so much. So much. Yeah. He would have been mullet, better bald. Proto-mullet. Proto-mullet. <laughs> worst way. Um... That's all. I don't care where this goes. I take it you also don't care where this goes, Alice? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think this, 
should and will end up towards the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's get Norway out of the way. Um, this is song number 16, Oliver by Anita Skorgon from Norway. Yeah. I wrote two lines down. Middling song of the year, and please give me a reason to care. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, I, uh, I, I mean, I felt similar, but that was a harsh way to say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought... Well, uh, let's just read my notes. Disco question mark? Nasty dress. She says the word discotheque. Lights are on and no one's home. Very unremarkable song and performance. I feel like she like looks like that though. Like she kind of has that deer in the headlights look, where she like doesn't know where she is. Yeah, I, I just like I don't know. I thought she was fine, if unremarkable, and that's really all this song is: is fine, but unremarkable, and it needs remark to be remarkable. Yeah, I said <clears throat> that I liked her dress. I thought it was cool, and it reminded me of a Disney end credit song. <laughs> oh, it's funny that you mentioned that. Um, I wasn't going to bring this up, but um, she actually did do the Norwegian dub of Pocahontas. Oh, cool. <laughs> that is a fun fact, Fjord, right there. Yeah. It is. Weird. This is such a weird year. I mean, yeah, it's not bizarre. weird in, it's, the, in the 2013 it's, version, but just yeah, like... Yeah, it's weird in a good way yeah. compared to 2013. Yes, that, yeah. One thing I... I am glad about though is that she well this is also kind of bad also she represented norway in 1977 and i actually liked her song a lot it was very um this one was very unremarkable i think her song in 77 was super remarkable at the same time that kind of created this high standard that was ultimately let down when i listened to this so yeah it makes sense yeah um so you said middling alice do you agree millen i think yeah yeah right around the middle yeah. Okay. Seventeen. Marianne by Black Lace from the United Kingdom. Hi. Hello. I hated this song. <laughs> I hated it so much. I really? Hated it. Yeah. This song to me also felt short and I that was a relief. None of the song, yeah. none of the none of it was pleasant. It yeah. sounded like, you know, little Timmy's attempt at the Rolling Stones, like yeah, 100%. The lyrics were so bad. So poorly written, terrible repetition, terrible use of repetition, and and cheesy on top of that. The vocals were atrocious, and not in a way where you can like, all right, haha, I appreciate that level of bad, you know? 
because it's not a punk song. It's not felt, anything like that. But the vocals felt tell you, deeply missed attempt at a particular style. Yeah, very Can much. Can I say what that what I said that was? Yeah, Bergen Ben Rod Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This whole song is Bargain Bin. Like yeah. the it's it's Bargain Bin blues rock. Yes. And oh, like one hundred percent. I I appreciate. I appreciate the attempt at bringing blues rock to Eurovision, particularly in the, like this song. Had it been executed well, would have stuck out while like would have stuck out in a good way. However, it was not executed well, and it, it therefore sticks out in a not good way. It almost in the slightest like. I, I can give this a little bit of slack for being different, but it's really not very good. Yeah, I I despised this the first time that I listened to it. <laughs> Subsequent listens, I still didn't like it, but I was like, this is catchy, and they have a good stage presence, and they sell the song, so I have to give them that. Yeah. I don't think it's... It's not in my bottom five, but... I think this is a year of extremes where I love a lot of the songs and I really don't like a lot of the songs too. So the fact that this is outside of my bottom five isn't really saying all that much. Um, <laughs> so there's like a wig or something in the bass drum. Like I know that drummers <laughs> yeah. put things in their bass drums to mute the sound when they need to, but usually it's like a pillow or something that doesn't look like it looks like a wig or like a taxidermy like dog taxidermy or something. Like, I don't know. Really, <laughs> I totally missed that. That's hilarious. Also, telling you that this is hair rock. <laughs> God damn it. That's da, funny. Da, 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 da. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if you guys caught it. But I, I must imagine you did and have simply blocked it from your memory because it's kind of hard to miss. But at the start, the, uh, the 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 other guitarist was stood behind the lead singer and acoustic guitarist with his hand reaching around strumming the guy's guitar oh, while he that. sang. What about the that. Oh my fuck God. was that about? Dude, Thundery. I totally... Oh man, I missed that. I gotta go back now. Thundery. Do you do you have to? Because the the lead singer is standing there like doing lead singer hand gesture stuff. And the guy is just like having a, a penguins of Madagascar peeking out from behind the door <laughs> moment <laughs> where he's like, oh, 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 I'm strumming his guitar. Oh, oh look at that. I'm that cheeky. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's not to have controversy corner on every song, but there's, there's controversy <laughs> corner. Controversy corner. Oh my God. This okay, year's so, the year that keeps on giving. It truly really is. And so, yeah, so uh, there was supposed to be a televised national final to choose the song for this, live from the Royal Albert Hall, but it's canceled after one day of rehearsals due to a BBC strike. So, <laughs> of <laughs> the regional juries was. in yes, the jur the regional juries had to instead vote based on the studio recordings and send their votes to the broadcaster. But there was a problem because for some reason Manchester's jury was not reached. And since uh, Marianne had a lead of over 12 points, which was the maximum that Manchester could give out, they were declared the winners. 
the representatives of the UK without that vote. It was eventually received and like made public on Terry Wogan's radio show, actually. <laughs> Speaking of Terry Wogan, this Oi. was the only year of this was the only Eurovision between 1972 and 2008 to not have him do the British commentary because he did not want to go to Israel because he made he publicly made fun of the previous year's winner and I guess that there was a security concern. Oh, Harry, our boy Terry. God, what a good year! This is probably my favorite year that we've covered so far. This year is it's fantastic. And this is what I like about it. There are like a lot of high highs, but there's a lot of low lows too. Yeah. Those are almost just as good. It's the best kind of year where every song like has something. Every song in this is interesting. Except for Norway. Except for Norway. And then it's interesting (laughs) for being the only song not to be interesting. Exactly. (laughs) There is something more to say. This man looks disgusting. Yeah. He looks so (laughs) atrocious. Like Gary. It's Mick Jagger without the attractive parts. Oh, it's so much so. I said Mick Jagger without the attractive parts. So like Rod Stewart-esque. Maybe that's just because he sounds like him too. You're really tying this man's back to Rod Stewart in every way possible. (laughs) Yeah, but like Rod Stewart, but way worse. Oh yeah, for sure. I hope it gets dead last. Oh wow, I know it won't because it's the UK, but this is, of the roster, this is equivalent to... um, Oh my god! Oh my god! I forget. Once I get crybaby. Uh, this was equivalent. Yeah, this was equivalent to crybaby. Wow! I was trying to find it. Wow, Terrible. Yeah. I don't know if it was that bad, but it's bad. <laughs> okay, are we ready for Austria? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Second to last song of the night, Austria's Christina Simon with "Rita in Jerusalem," which means. I don't know why I'm saying what it means. I don't know what it means, and I haven't done that with any of the songs. Something <laughs> in Jerusalem, that's for certain. I think it's like today in Jerusalem. I don't know. Anyway, the Fun Fact Fjord. Welcome to the Fun Fact Fjord. The songwriter for the song was Peter Wolf, who also wrote We Built the City by Starship and played keyboards for Frank Zappa in the 70s. What the shit? Wow. That makes no sense at all. It really doesn't. And the singer herself wrote the song Sarah for the band Starship. That's wild. Yeah, but like you said, this makes absolutely no sense because... This is perhaps the antithesis to We Build the City by Starship. It's so, you so, know. yeah, I don't know. It, I don't even know. When I first, I'm not, this isn't like an indication of the actual results, but when I first heard this, I was like, oh, this screams of last place vibes. Like it's Really? I thought so, just because it was, it was this weird atmospheric jazz song that ultimately didn't really go anywhere. 
didn't really have any satisfying climaxes and had no levels. And I think this was one of the few songs this entire year that didn't really have any levels and didn't really build on itself. That being said, I don't actually dislike the song. I think it's kind of <laughs> on in an avant-garde jazz sort of way. I'm obsessed with her hair. It's <laughs> her iconic and stunning and really dry, and I want her to take care of it. Um, <laughs> also, like her dress a lot. It's this weird, like, turtleneck, black, dramatic, beatnik poetry dress. <laughs> I think the saxophone player is also not very talented. Oh, this I song has some sultry ass saxophone. Like, this is this... Kenny G before Kenny G. It's so but, like, not as good. I I know I love the sax in this song. I thought it was great. It was such a good gimmick. It was. I really enjoyed the saxophone, and I wish they had given it more time to shine. I think it should have gotten more too. <laughs> I thought you said you didn't like it. Well, I think it. I would have liked it if it was more, and if there was a better saxophone player. Mm, okay, I I think it is as Kenny G as humanly possible without being Kenny G. I, like, there are those who think Kenny G is bad, and I respect that opinion. Um, there are also those that think this saxophonist is bad, and I respect that opinion, but a little bit less. <laughs> I see. Anyway, you could totally eat dinner off of her head. <laughs> could lay an egg and raise your bird family in that head. So shockingly flat. Um... As far as the song goes, this comes from some experience, but to me, this song sounded like a chorister, like a choir performer, was tasked with writing a song, and that's all they were, that's the entire prompt they were given. It was, you know, as someone who has grown up near a chorister, my sister, um, they are wont to try and over-dramatize uh, elements of a song with, without potentially knowing much about music theory. <laughs> In that way, I feel like, like you were saying, Jonathan, this song has no levels, no layers. It's very simplistic, and it's very much like a blunt amateur attempt at creating a song that is kind of dramatic and wistful and dark and all of those things that would make a ballad potentially worthwhile but with none of the skill that actually allows that to happen. Good mm. way of putting it. I thought this song was sultry AF, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed it, too. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Another, another weird, unique song in a year full of great, weird, unique songs. Definitely. <laughs> so I feel I like we haven't addressed the elephant in the room that this was... This seems like a blatant ploy of uh, local favor by singing about the city that it was held in. Oh, yeah, that was shameless. <laughs> they Honestly, were 100% going fishing with that. I think it would have worked if it were the first or last song. Oh, the last? Yeah. What? What? No, no, no. Like, could not the, start the contest. The ploy for... No, no, no. Oh, not, okay. Not like that it should have. But Got you. Okay. as far as being like, you know, good night, tri-state area. That's a line from Phineas and Ferb. This song um, would be a great closer, or, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, could be, it could be a good closer. 
<clears throat> I don't know if I agree with you, Ellis, in that it could be a great closer, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think that the ploy did not feel as cheap as it could have. Yeah. There's a certain entry from the 90s that made a, a much cheaper, like, trashy ploy in a very similar way. And I think this does it more, much more, like, tastefully and interestingly. Yeah. Um, yeah, do you think this one... I think this is a hard one to predict result-wise, but how do you think it'll do? This could go anywhere depending on how much our judging contingent enjoys sultry saxophone. Like, it it really just could go anywhere. It's not going to win. I don't think it'll end up in the dead last. But who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't think it deserves to be in the very bottom. There are songs that are blatantly worse. Not many. I'll say because there yeah. were a number. There was a small handful of songs that were boring, and are this going to be pushed to the bottom? There was like one or two songs that were just terrible. UK, <clears throat> um, but yeah, I feel like this is going to be pushed more towards the bottom because it belongs to that small handful of songs that are just eh, fine, whatever. All right, brings us to our last song, song number nineteen, Spain. It is Tu Cancion by Betty Misiego. And we're going back to Fun Fact Fjord. Welcome to the Fun Fact Fjord. Oh boy, are we. For better or for worse. <laughs> we sound, we sound so tired, Jonathan. <laughs> Full disclosure, we've been recording for like four hours and it's 1.30am here, but we're fine. <laughs> Alright. Um, are you happy to know that this song features 157 laws, which is a Eurovision record? Dude, 157 gex? That's crazy. <laughs> Um, I have a question. Yeah. Do you mean like it involved the checking of 157 laws? This violated 157 OSHA regulations. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> no, LA. That just made sense to me. I just got that, and that was very funny to me. Thank you for making me laugh. Um,. Can I can I talk can I say some words real quick? I would oh, I would please. like to very very quickly, very yeah. briefly read all of my notes. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna very do, I was gonna do the exact same thing, actually. <laughs> I'll do that too. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Betty Misiego or Misiego, Su Cancion. The kids on stage are present. That is all. That is all that I wrote. God. Yeah, this this year this year for me, something I noticed as I was taking notes on this, is by far the year with the most words written out in capital letters. And almost the entirety of my notes on this song are. I wrote the first, why is there a child with a microphone? Uh. He has a good voice, but why with the childs? 
<laughs> Why are you putting 10-year-olds on stage at Eurovision? I don't know. Ah! I said, she looks stunning. This is jaunty. Can't tell if the children are good. Um, I don't think I like them upon retrospect. Pretty one note. The signs at the end were kind of cute, but I thought that they were recorders before they unfurled them. <laughs> That's pretty funny. They should have played that. Just made the no, whole thing 20 times worse. I was really confused because I, I saw them and I was like, oh, they all have recorders. That's a choice. And then they didn't play them. And I was confused. But then they were signs that said, thank you in four different languages. <sighs> also, the lyrics of the song are kind of like, not disturbing, but really weird about this woman who is content living a solitary life, but then realizes that she needs to live for children or something, and that she is complete by living her life for the sake of children, which is weird. No judgment, a but... A little bit problematic. A little problematic and unusual. Unusual, I think, is a, is a good word. I, this is a weird... This is weird. This is weird. Like, I feel like there have been so many things that have been unusual about this year. And for some reason, this is the weirdest performance of the night, even though it's pretty standard if I'm looking at it objectively. But I did not expect any of this. <laughs> yeah, this it was a roller coaster ride, but it was like a bad roller coaster. No, you know what this was? This was the 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 kids roller coaster at the amusement park that they have for the kids oh. that aren't old enough to go on the big roller coaster yeah. <laughs> that was the, the most fun i oh we talked about it's you a small me... world i don't know if this is going to end up being in the podcast but we talked about it when we talked about the charts and boney m the like the la 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 that reminded me of a, it's a small world yeah i don't think it had quite the same vibes as it's a small world after all but it was it was weirdly youth oriented yeah, I, this has got to go. Mm. This has got to go. It might earn some bottom. points for that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I have a feeling that uh, we will be surprised by the results because we already know that Genghis Khan is not number one, and it very well should be. Poor one. So, out. I don't know that. Yeah, we do. I mean, I'm fairly certain I remember it not winning because I've I've watched the I've watched that video a number of times. We'll see. There are some we'll like, classic, classic winners of Eurovision that everyone knows. And Genghis Khan is not one of them. Classic I'm winners f- of Eurovision that everyone knows, like Waterloo and Lordy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just jump right into the results, if that's a possibility. I agree. Absolutely. So before we get into it, as we are known to do, what do you think is going to be first? What do you think is going to be last? If you had to guess, this is—it's a hard one. Um, if it—if it was in in Ellis Funtime Happy Land, we've got Germany in first, Israel in last. In in last, yeah, I really didn't like that song. Um, but in in legitimate guess bland um i really don't know i really don't know winner here oh as i flip through i uh, i mean like like maybe france in first and then norway 
last based on not getting any votes. Right. Sweden is probably worse, but it's also Sweden, so it'll get votes. I don't know. Um, I think it could be Sweden or the UK last. Uh, and then France's was really good. I also think Ireland has a shot just because it's Ireland and and the style of music. Well, it's one that I don't like. Uh, certainly had broad appeal at the time. All right, I think that means we're ready. Get into the results. Are we? Yeah. All right, so in last place, Austria, five points. Dang. Wow. I think this qualifies for the Lou Memorial song of the year. Yeah, you really did like that one with the sultry sax. <laughs> yeah. Wow, and, I was not expecting that to do that badly. Damn. Yeah. All right, next up, Belgium and Joint Last. Whoa! Wow! Whoa! Yeah. Oh, no, that was the one that was like... Not worth Eurovision, but certainly worth talking over. That's yeah, and we kind of explored why. I mean, not like considering that this might get last, but I, we basically said that like this kind of followed five huge powerhouse performances, and then it was not a bad performance, but definitely one that paled in comparison. Yeah, that's that's really that's wild. Yeah. After those two, we had Sweden with eight points. So, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a little bit unexpected because it's Sweden, but I'm honestly, uh, they deserve it. Sweden was yeah. bad this year. Right, 16th place, they had Monaco. Dang. I thought yeah. Monaco was fine. I, I mean, I think you're in the minority. <laughs> well, I said I fine. <laughs> I guess, like I said, there's a lot of good songs, so all the subpar songs are going to be pushed down. But. Like third yeah. or fourth from last seems a little bit harsh. I don't agree, but I'm at peace with that. Fifteenth um, <laughs> <laughs> place, Italy, twenty-seven points. Yeah, I don't care. You forget <laughs> what that one was. This is Raggio yeah, de Luna. Yeah, that, that was fine. The, oh, a little. Oh, that's the one without the orchestra, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with like yeah. the weird pants. <laughs> Surprisingly small collars for the seventies. Yeah, very. Okay, fourteenth place. Finland. Robbed. I love Finland. Oh, Finland's was good. It was really good, yeah. One that I added to my playlist. It did so well. That's that's surprising. Yeah. I think that's surprises like, so far. Well actually not our first, but Belgium is the first surprise, but that's more surprising. Oh well, maybe that should have that's been surprising. Yeah, much higher. Yeah. UK is still in it. I know, and I hate that for them. They really no. uh, they don't deserve it. Yeah. I would kindly ask them to stop. I, I wish you would. I am, however, 41 years late, so I cannot. Well, 13th place. Luxembourg with 44 points, which I would argue is just a better version of the UK. I, they were pretty different. Wait, wait, Luxembourg? They were... Luxembourg. No, Luxembourg was a worse France. It was the worst France, but it was the best blues song of the night. And I think that the UK and Luxembourg fell into that category. I don't know, man. Switzerland blues. was more, more, not blues, but like bluegrass Zydeco thing. Yeah. I think, I think classifying the UK and Luxembourg is a little bit of a stretch in the same, in the same sentence, I guess. But to each their own. Yeah. 
clearly Get the that. judges were thinking that same exact thing mm -hmm. um, because there's a lot of people on here that should already be gone yeah and in 12th place get ready for it netherlands 51 points dang gotta remember what that is oh great shirt <laughs> <a> fine song <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that it should have been i think yeah i'm okay with that yeah. a little higher i think just because of how contemporary it was yeah i definitely could have got bumped up a couple great 11th place norway oh i norway. forgot norway. Ooh, i forgot about that that should have been way lower that should have been I mean, way lower. It was a deeply middling song, and it ended up pretty much towards the middle. So I'm not that surprised. But I, since since we don't like deeply middle, so this was a year of such extremes that I feel like middling songs should logically go to the bottom. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Top ten. As a reminder, still left is Portugal, Denmark, Ireland. Greece, Switzerland, Germany, Israel, Spain, UK, and France. All right, all right. Fifth place. Switzerland. <laughs> Bold move. I'm, I'm glad it got that high. Could have yeah. been higher. I would have expected it to be either closer to the like bottom or closer to the top than this. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty dead middle. I agree. And the UK is still in. The UK is sure. still in, and so, so much worse. So much worse. Okay, ninth place. Why can't they have the Ramones perform? That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why? Ow. I don't know. I'm just thinking of the song Judy is a Punk. Just Gina? a good tune. Hey, what? 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 Gina is a punk rocker? No, no, Judy. Judy is a Punk by Ramones. Oh, different song. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um... We had ninth place. We are yes. ninth place. Portugal with sixty-four <laughs> points. Something is strange, isn't it? <laughs> um, can I ask so what happened there? Yeah, and uh, we're going to controversy. Well, it's not really controversy. Um, during the voting, uh, the presenter misheard one of the things. So, like, what happened was, I think Spain was giving their points. They were, they announced them like in the order of performance, not in like one to twelve. So Spain said C point for Portugal, and she thought that he said D, which is like ten versus six. So she got too many points. I see. It was since corrected. Okay, wow, place. It's like the it's like the whole I man. What was that fiasco at like the uh, Oscars or something? Oh, when they announced yeah. the wrong movie. Moonlight yeah. Land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ninth place or eighth place we had Greece. Uh, nine points. <laughs> nice. I, mean, I don't like that. Uh, that's fair. They I, I don't know. Pretty they boring. They could have gone lower. I think it's good they didn't go higher. I really like that song and I could have seen it go higher. Yeah. Actually, right, no, you're right. It deserves that spot. Hmm. Let's go seven. Seven. Lucky number seven. United Kingdom. I hate seven so much. Okay. I hate that. There's 73 points. Why is the UK here? Why is they? Why are they allowed? My top 10. Well, I guess top 10. <sighs> if it wasn't another second place, that would have been too, more than I could bear. If the yeah. UK was second place, I would quit right here, right now. <laughs> Sixth place. Denmark, 76 points. Denmark. Oh, man. 
Gotta check that out. Tango. Oh, just go tango. So fun. About where that should have placed, I think. Yeah. All right, so we're going to the top five. In no particular order. Still left is Ireland, Germany, Israel, France, Spain. Dang. Okay, well, Ireland and France are still in it, so I'm content yeah. for now. Okay, those are your two sure. picks. Germany's still in it, too. They at least. I'm excited about that. That's fun. Yeah. Also, who voted for Spain? Who? <laughs> I don't That's know. That's a real Even question. <laughs> People who are desperate, clearly. I don't know. Tiny devil's points. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fifth place. Ireland, 80 points. Okay. Like I, I, I'm not upset at that decision, but I do think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not upset, but I am surprised. I, I personally, I think it should have gone lower. But as far as the ranking goes in a judged competition, I'm surprised it didn't go higher. I think this is... Like, I am perfectly fine with this. I think five is a good spot for that song. I can't relate, but I respect it. <laughs> okay, fourth place. Was, in fact, oh. Germany. 86 points. No. Hey, yo, top five. Jink, why? I feel like they were the real winners, though, because we're still talking about them, and we're not talking about Eddie or Milk and Honey or uh, Anne-Marie, David, in the same way that we're talking about Genghis Khan. Yeah. They, they, they've they stood the test of time. So. Really have. For them. Yeah. Okay, so, Ellen, you're sticking to France as your prediction winner? I think I am. Yeah, sticking to France. Yeah, I will as well. Okay. In third place... We had Watch it be France. France with 106. No, no, no. How? Wait, wait, wait. So Israel and Spain are the last two? Israel and yeah. Spain. I legitimately would not have been surprised if either of those songs got dead last. And here they are in the top two. This was such a great year. And it's these two? Okay. <laughs> are we ready? I'm ready, but okay. scared. Okay, in second place, Spain with 116. That's too high. That's too high. This is quitting the podcast. (laughs) I want to go to bed. So for the second year in a row, Israel is the winner. Uh, Easy pizza, one on home turf. Wait, wait, so is this the year where they host in Jerusalem again? We're going to talk about that. Oh Oh my God. Before we do that, um, how many points do you think they won by? Too many. But realistically, um, I don't know, five to ten, somewhere around there. Yeah, transcendent. Certainly wasn't transcendent, but that just makes me wonder where all the other points went, because it wasn't. I think y'all are haters. I guess I it like was somewhat even spread. Um, uh, yeah, I think about ten points above makes sense. Why not? Twenty-five, almost. Oh, hey, nice. Yeah, yeah nine points ahead. Nice yeah. for our skills and not for Israel. That was undeserving. Good I, for the sequined Israeli AV club. Yeah, good for them. Um, we got some Controversy Corner to get into. You better get into it. Controversy Corner. Do you think, do you think the people, like the judges, just loved the set design of uh, the 79 contest so much that they're like, you know what? These Israelis did a good job. Let's do it I think the song is really good. And also, one thing I will say is that I think that it has become like a big Eurovision classic, too. 
it's definitely I don't know necessarily but among the general public but like among like Eurovision fans it's like an iconic winner I feel like maybe it's just because uh, th- this song was like a big part of um the 2019 uh, Eurovision that was held in oh yeah actually there's a video of um on there was a there was like a Mons uh Verka Eleni Ferreira and I think Donna International all sang it at the 2019 Eurovision what final. The shit. <laughs> um, what? They also, um, really wasted their talents. Yeah. Oh, and then um, someone performed it at like the 2020. There was no Eurovision this year, but like there was still like a weird broadcast thing. I think. Uh, Dang. I, I genuinely I, do really like the song, and I think it is anthemic and very beautiful, but. I really, oh, well. really disliked that song. I'm shocked. <laughs> but, um, controversy Corner, Tel Aviv housewife Dahlia Kowalski sued composer of Hallelujah because she claimed she'd written the lyrics. He didn't respond to her request. The actual lyricist made a counterclaim. Wow. That's that. Also, um, Dahlia Tari oh, left Milk crazy. and Honey in 1981, ended up suing former bandmates for alleged unpaid royalty payments and it lasted for decades and it was finally settled settled by mediation in 2009 that is a long ass lawsuit wow that song had generated two lawsuits and and um yeah so the eventual (laughs) winner was hallelujah it's taken a long road to get to eurovision Composer submitted to the 78 national final for Israel. It was rejected. It was also rejected for international song festivals in Chile and Japan. And it was originally intended for a group called Hackle over Habibi. But the lead singer disliked it and threatened to quit the group if they agreed to perform it. <laughs> whoa. Oh, man. Dude, whoa. <laughs> that is an ultimatum, to be sure. that, like, time of writing violates some sort of rule? Or is it no, it has it, it has to do with the release. I thought that at first too, but um, you can write the song whenever you want, but it has to be released before September first of the year before contest. No. The question on everyone's lips: nineteen eighty yeah, Eurovision Song I, Contest. Did they just send it right back? It would be pretty funny if they didn't even update the set. Just did the same, like the same hall with the same weird <laughs> sculpture again. Well, it wasn't even in Israel. Oh, really? So oh, just, uh, interesting. Somewhere else. Yes. So um, the IBA refused to host due to costs. Oh, Israeli Broadcasting huh. Association. Um, and also the Israeli government refused to extend their budget. And also the EBU scheduled the final to take place on the day of Yom HaZikaron, which is the Israeli Memorial Day. So they didn't even participate the year following their win. Wow. Okay. Wow. And this is the first and only time as of 2020 that a country did not participate in Eurovision the year following their win. Tired champ. Spain, yeah. <laughs> France, and the UK um, allegedly refused to host when they were asked by the EBU for asking a bunch of other countries. The Netherlands ended up being convinced to host the contest in The Hague under the condition they could um, host it under a lower budget, a smaller scale than had come to be expected for Eurovision. And reusing sets and uh, video footage from the 1976 contest they hosted after Teachin's win. <laughs> Good to know yeah. that we will be seeing some familiar places, if not familiar yeah. faces. That's fun. I, I 
So <laughs> my joke about them just reusing the set actually happened, but with a different country. Yes. Weird. All oh, and there's this, this song. I, I'm just going to have to agree to disagree on it. <laughs> also, um, I read this thing on Wikipedia that I think is kind of bullshit, but um, so Spain was the last country to give votes, and going into Spain's vote, they were leading by one point. And oh. there were apparently rumors following the contest that they intentionally gave Israel high marks so that they wouldn't have to host the contest due to cost. <laughs> I, I don't know what that is, though. Imagine it seems that. like all of the Eurovision contestants hate the idea of winning Eurovision. The countries. <laughs> I feel like the broadcasters yeah. do. <laughs> like, like, remember when France? Oh, we 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 did not intend to win Eurovision. When the the FIFA song in two thousand and oh yeah that 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 yeah, he deserved better. Man. So, what a year! What a year! So wow. much stuff happened. So many controversies. Yeah, you're probably yeah. gonna have to come up with like a, a shortened controversy corner soundbite for this episode well, only. Yeah, I fully, fully not play the drop for every one of these. Yeah, no, please do not, or else it'll be a 10-hour podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel so, like we've, yeah. we've all reached our limit for tonight. Yeah, I think so, too. We still have one more thing left to do, and that is uh, randomly decide the year for our next review. I, awesome. for awesome. one, am hoping for one from the 90s. I am, too, kind of. Should we just okay, let's do a random year if we don't like it we'll just do it 90s year <laughs> okay <laughs> i like how like every week i'm just like we're doing it randomly except like we're not <laughs> okay so 1995 so 95 is a fun year i'm so excited for the year 1995 in which eurovision um was hosted in a particular place and was won by a particular country and if you too are excited to hear a review of that particular Eurovision, you can tune in the same time next week. If you want to follow us on social media, you can go do so at Instagram.com. It's at Eurovision Rewind on there. If you want to go follow us on Twitter, it's at VocabGumbo. VocabGumbo.com is also our website where you can find the full archive of Eurovision Rewinds as well as the other shows and stuff that VocabGumbo does. It's me and uh, some team people it's cool go check it out there will be more there eventually that is all the plugs that i have and it is also late and i want to go to bed so for me and for jonathan and for millen and for all the other people here at the vocab gumbo have a good night and thank you for listening to the show bye <laughs>